Welcome to the Houston Healthcare Initiative podcast. My name is Harold Nickel. That times are unsettled was never truer than in 2020. But in an unsettled time with so much of the nation's attention turned to medical care, could it be the time to really push healthcare reform? And what might that reform look like? Isn't this all too big for any of us to think we can do anything meaningful? Well, here to share his insight with us is respected neurologist and founder of the Houston Healthcare Initiative, Dr. Stephen Goldstein. And Dr. Goldstein, obviously, we're in the midst of the COVID epidemic. What can we learn from it? And how can this influence our thinking when it comes to healthcare reform? Well, we learned that the mortality rate from the infection was greater for people with obesity or chronic lung disease diabetes or hypertension, and that the older you were, the greater the mortality. The COVID pandemic teaches us that improving public health should be a priority in reforming health care. How, how can we do this? None of our politicians even address this issue. Their goal appears to be lower costs or even to provide free medical care. Yes, as everyone knows, our country is politically divided with little compromise between Republicans and Democrats. The Democrats propose Medicare for all. The Republicans propose allowing insurance companies to sell across straight lines, state lines, price transparency, and mandating coverage for pre-existing conditions with the goal of lowering costs. Perhaps we can propose a compromise and at the same time address the public health issue. Okay, so what does the compromise you propose look like? Well, let's start with the democratic idea of Medicare for all. However, let's introduce the idea of having to qualify for this program. But this would mean by mean adopting a healthy lifestyle, maintaining a modicum of physical fitness, and being compliant with medical treatment if you have a chronic illness like diabetes and hypertension. For patients that do not qualify, adopt the Republican ideas of allowing insurance companies to sell across straight lines, mandate price transparency, eliminate surprise billing, and ensure coverage for pre-existing conditions. I can think of one objection to this compromise just right off the bat. It looks like only healthy people would qualify for Medicare for all plans. What about patients that are, that are already sick or have a pre-existing condition? Well, these patients can indeed qualify for the Medicare for all programs if they're compliant with medical treatment. It's just patients who do not take their medications as prescribed, do not follow a medically prescribed diet or adopt unhealthy behaviors, such as using street drugs, abusing cigarettes or alcohol, that wouldn't qualify. If you had a pre-existing condition, for instance, breast cancer or sickle cell anemia, you would not be excluded. How would it be determined who would qualify for the program? Well, we would perform an annual physical examination that would determine your height and weight, blood pressure, and routine blood tests, as well as physical fitness level. In addition to determining if you qualified, there is an adequate benefit, as it would diagnose diseases that are unbeknownst to the patient, and this would allow for early treatment. For patients with non-chronic disease, their doctor could certify compliance with treatment. Where does this leave patients who want to continue to smoke or use street drugs or just don't want to maintain even a modicum of physical fitness, as you put it? 
by changing the insurance laws to allow insurance companies to actuarially adjust premiums based on risk and allowing multiple insurance companies to compete and mandating, mandating price transparency, the lowest possible premiums should result for these patients. But won't insurance premiums go up if all the healthy patients aren't in the group? Yes, of course they will. That's the whole idea. People should have the freedom to adopt any lifestyle they wish, as long as they do not interfere with anyone else. But along with that freedom comes the responsibility to pay for it. Frequently uses its power to promote lifestyle choices. For example, they impose high taxes on cigarettes to discourage use. But it does not outlaw the use of cigarettes. If anyone wants to lower their health care costs, just adopt a healthier lifestyle. Oh, okay, but that... That seems pretty drastic, especially since most of us get our insurance from our employers in the form of employee benefits. Well, employers could still provide benefits to their employees as they do now. However, healthy patients would most likely have the Medicare for All plan. One advantage of individual insurance, be it private or the Medicare for All plan, is that your insurance no longer depends on your job and the term's pre-existing condition will disappear from the conversation. It would be better for the employer to subsidize the premiums of employees that have individual policies or encourage the use of Medicare for All plan by giving a cash bonus. Another disadvantage comes to mind. What happens to patients that choose not to buy insurance at all? Who, who pays for them? If price transparency becomes law, it is possible that more patients will be able to pay cash. Another possibility is for the government to mandate the Medicare price for cash payment at the time of service. Otherwise, patients who do not qualify for Medicare or Medicare for All and do not purchase health insurance would have to rely on charitable hospitals funded by local government or private charities. All these patients would be living un unhealthy lifestyles where they would qualify for Medicare for All. Okay, how will this impact providers and hospitals? Will they, do you think they'll be opposed to this? I suspect they will fight tooth and nail to defeat price transparency as this will lower profits. However, most of the work done by medical providers is taking care of patients leading unhealthy lifestyles and will be paid for by private insurance. Of course, there may be less demand for service if the population becomes healthier. The impact on providers will be lessened by eliminating the mandate to provide free care except in an emergency situation. The law would need to be changed to be allowed transfer to charity hospitals. Insurance companies could still prosper by offering Medicare Advantage plan for Medicare to all patients. I know this is a radical change of thinking but I believe it would go a long way to improve public health. Subsidizing unhealthy behavior only leads to more unhealthy behavior. Now that we focused on the downside, can you list any upside advantages? Sure. These include elimination of pre-existing conditions, improvement in public health, elimination of surprise billing, no loss of insurance related to job loss, dramatically lower premiums for the Medicare for All insurance, just think of a situation where an employee develops breast cancer. She is insured, and the insurance covers the cost. But then she develops a complication and can no longer work. 
She has applied for Medicare disability, but this takes months to years for approval. She cannot afford the high cost of COBRA insurance and is reduced to charity care and may become bankrupt. If she had individual insurance, it would not go away with job lock. Medicare for all also does not go away with job lock. Another advantage is that Medicaid would be rolled into Medicare for all. Clearly, it would have to be phased in over several years, possibly keeping all current Medicaid patients on the current program, but not admitting any new patients. Now, with all of these frankly radical proposals, do you really think you can get the politicians to agree with any of this? In a word, no. <laughs> the only way to get the politicians to agree is that the public health, if the public forces them to do so. They currently respond to most industry groups like the hospital associations, pharmaceutical associations, the AMA, and the insurance company associations. There are lots of people who think that there is nothing they can do about this or any other issue that affects the public. The elected officials, boards of directors of hospitals, insurance companies, and pharmaceutical companies are sensitive to feedback, especially negative feedback. The first and last thing to know is that every opinion and every voice counts. Elected officials see negatives as votes they will not receive. Please become a member of the Houston Healthcare Initiative and join the conversation about healthcare reform. Let us know how you would modify these proposals and how we can improve them. Well, that's such a good word, Dr. Goldstein, and um, thank you for uh, providing solutions to our national health care issues. This has just like always been, been very enlightening. And for those of you listening, listening, we appreciate all of you who've listened to the podcast in 2020. And we also appreciate that you told your friends about us and hope that you're going to continue to do so in 2021. Of course, visit the website at www.houstonhealthcareinitiative.org to learn more about this and other issues that need reforming in our national healthcare. As always, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Houston Healthcare Initiative podcast.